Welcome, Imaginators. Sit back, buckle in, and ignite your imagination. I'm Joey Massio, and this is the Imaginate series, Season 1, The Man with the Red Umbrella. If you'd like to support Imaginate, you can do so by simply giving us a rating on iTunes. Podcasts live or die by whether or not they get ratings, so we'd really appreciate it. We'll even express our gratitude by sending a free I'm an Imaginator button to anyone who leaves a comment in iTunes during the first eight weeks of the show's launch. And this episode is brought to you by Junebug Baby Products. Junebug has a diaper caddy out right now, and I'll tell you, the wife and I have two. <laughs> When it's diaper changing time, it's so nice to have everything in one place and portable at the same time. You can use it to organize any space, really. The car, crafts, shelves, it's very handy. Check it out on Amazon, Junebug Diaper Caddy. Life is messy, but it doesn't have to be unorganized. And now, Imaginate, The Man with the Red Umbrella, Episode 3, The Mystery Float. Nate stared out the car window on the drive home. The trees flew by, one after another. On car rides, Nate would usually watch the passing trees and pretend he was swinging from branch to branch like a monkey, a more interesting way to get around than sitting in the back of his parents' minivan with his two little brothers next to him, fighting over who got to eat the crumbs in the seat. Thoughts like this helped him feel free, like he could go anywhere he wanted to go. However, at this moment, Nate's mind wasn't swinging from trees. It was back at the tulip parade, with what everyone was calling the mystery float. It was pretty amazing, wasn't it? Mrs. Spelling said from the front of the van. Pretty! Lily yelled out from the car seat in front of Nate. It was something else, said Mr. Spelling, who was driving. Mark sat next to Lily and was texting a mile a minute but that didn't stop him from piping up. I'm just glad someone else won the Tulip Trophy this year. Now maybe Mitchell's uncle will shut up about it. He's the one who works for the HB Toy Company, right? Yeah, he's a vice executive something or other. Every year they win, Mitchell has to hear about it for the next six months. Mark paused to read a text. Ha! Huh. Mitchell says his uncle is filing an appeal to the judges because the mystery float wasn't listed on the official parade roster. What a tool! I wonder who they're gonna give the trophy to. The people who made the mystery float haven't identified themselves yet. It's probably some media stunt. They're trying to get all the attention they can. I don't know why everyone's making a big deal out of it said Spencer, as he worked on expanding a hole in the arm of his seat. Wasn't even that cool. Nate continued to stare at the trees. His family's chatter barely made it to his ears. His head leaned against the window, heavy with thoughts of the mystery float. It was just like I imagined. Had I seen it before? Maybe a picture of it was hanging up someplace and I saw it. But where? Because right now it seems like it came from... The car doors flew open. Hunter and Jack bolted from their seats, up the driveway and into the house on Cashew Avenue. 
The rest of Nate's family piled out and made their way inside, leaving Nate behind. Nobody noticed. Nate didn't move. His seatbelt remained securely fastened, though his mind was anything but still. Somewhere in the whirring movement of electricity in his brain was a single thought. A thought that charged all other thoughts. This idea was deflecting all the logical thoughts, the ones that said the mystery float existed before Nate thought of it. However, this thought thought the opposite. What if the mystery float only existed after I thought of it? That thought began to grow. As it did, the minivan slowly started to rock back and forth. Nate held on to the thought. The minivan swayed from side to side. That crazy thought filled his mind, and the van shook wildly. Nate realized the van was moving and held on to the seat in front of him. A thousand thoughts hit his mind in less than a second. Am I moving the van with my mind? I have special power. Is this an earthquake? Awesome. What's for dinner? Ah! I created the mystery float. <laughs> Dude, you should see the look on your face. <laughs> Nate looked over at the freckled face, brace-filled grin standing by the van door. No, really, man. I wish I could take a picture. It's priceless. Alex McDougal was Nate's best friend. There were three things Alex was unaware of. First, his plump figure, goofy grin, and fluffy red hair did not make him a ladies' man. Second, he was always the loudest person in the room. And third, his plaid pants were not cool. Alex always wore plaid pants, what he called a pilt, because it was half pants, half kilt. He was extremely proud of his Scottish heritage, even though he was born in Wyoming and didn't have the slightest hint of a Scottish accent. Yet he proudly displayed his Scottish pride with his pilt, which were a little tight on him. Thomas, you gotta see Nate's face! <laughs> a tall, athletic boy poked his head into the van. Oh, man, I missed it, said Thomas. Thomas Gomez was born with a severe stutter. It had kept him from being accepted by some of the more athletic groups at school. He was a natural at almost any sport he tried. It just came to him. But his stutter made him shy away from team banter and after-game conversations. He always had a lot of good stuff to say, he just could never get it out. And sometimes, with certain groups of people, no level of talent can redeem you from your biggest limitation. Nate and Alex weren't those types of people. Thomas wasn't even sure if they noticed his stutter at first. Being around them gave him a certain kind of freedom. He felt no pressure to win on the field, and no pressure to say something funny, witty, or even anything at all. And after a few months of hanging out, he actually found he stuttered less around them. Did you think it was an earthquake? Asked Alex with a sly smile. That was you guys rocking the van? Said Nate. Yep, 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 yep! Alex said proudly. I was doing most of the p-p-pushing. Nate sighed. 
He unbuckled and hopped from the van. He closed the doors and headed to the porch. Happy birthday, man. So, did you get it? The phone? Nate sighed. No. That's all right. You phones are overpriced anyway. Yeah. Who needs one? I'm kind of glad I didn't get it. Now I don't have to worry about losing it. They were all liars. The U-phone was the coolest thing a sixth grader could have. And they would each eat Brussels sprouts for a month if they could get one. The U-phone did everything. Video games, movies, TV shows. You could even call people with it. Not like that was done much by 12-year-olds. But according to his parents, Nate was too young for one. That was another thing that bothered Nate about this growing up thing. He hadn't gotten a decent present in years. At Christmas a few weeks ago, Nate got mostly clothes. Same thing for his birthday. He missed the days when every present he opened was an awesome toy. He envied his younger brothers, Hunter and Jack, who got the complete Destroyer's action figure set, a helicopter, and Crazy Goo. He was too old for the fun toys, but too young for the cool ones. Hey! Did you see the mystery float at the parade? Nate hesitated. Yeah, I got a pretty good look at it. I hear it broke all kinds of records and stuff. It's all over the news. Really? Nate's spirits brightened a little bit. Yeah, they're calling it the most ingenious float that's ever b b b been made. Wow, it was that good. Nate sat down onto the front porch steps. Alex jumped up, swinging his hands at one of Mrs. Spelling's wind chimes dangling from the porch. He spoke between jumps. It looked uh, pretty awesome uh, on TV. Uh, he gave up and grabbed the garden hose lying at his feet. And the fact that it's all mysterious and stuff makes it even cooler. It does, doesn't it? And he felt a little better about the whole thing. The good feeling didn't last that long, however. What do you guys want to play today? Asked Alex, twirling the hose in his hands. I was thinking pirates or... A cascade of H2O flowed off the roof, soaking all three of them. Laughter sounded from the second-story window. Nate didn't have to see the culprit to know exactly who it was. Spencer! That was not cool! But then it was perfect for you three dorks. Spencer leaned out his window, holding a dripping bucket in his hands. The front door opened and Mrs. Spelling stepped out. Boys, I... She stopped at the sight of the drenched trio. What did I tell you about playing with the hose? Alex looked down at his hands, still holding the garden hose. He dropped it. But, Mom, look at Spencer! He pointed up to Spencer's window, but his brother was already gone. You're lucky it's a warm day. Anyway, there's some good news about the mystery float that has to do with you. Nate suddenly didn't care that he was soaked through. Did they discover where it came from? Did scientific research discover some of my DNA on the float? Do they need me to come down there for an interview on national television? Whoa, 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 what? Asked Thomas. Gloria Jenkins just announced that she made the mystery float. Nate's heart deflated in his chest. Chris Jenkins, Mom? 
Alex said. Uh-huh. Said it was a big surprise on behalf of Wilson Middle School. This wasn't good news for anybody. Wilson Middle School was Nate's school. Chris Jenkins was the coolest and richest kid in Nate's grade. And Gloria Jenkins was the PTA president. She was also the CEO of Primo Robotics, the nation's leading aerospace company, which made the family even cooler. Her son, Chris, had the best of everything. Best clothes, best shoes, best phone, even the best hair. Nate's hair was thick and coarse, kind of like astroturf, if it ever grew. The Jenkins had everything, and now they had the mystery float. We want all the kids in your grade to go down and take a picture with it for the newspaper. Isn't that exciting? Cool, Thomas said. I always thought that this face was too good looking not to be in the papers. <laughs> said Alex, showing his braces through his chubby smile. Great, said Nate, though to him it was anything but. The next morning, Mrs. Spelling drove Nate, Alex, and Thomas down to the warehouse where the float was being kept. Apparently, the Jenkins owned a warehouse. Big surprise. And had moved the float there last night for safekeeping. Alex sat shotgun, with his head out the window like a dog, mouth wide open, catching all the air he could. If done just right, his cheeks would stay puffed out like he had a mouth full of invisible food. Thomas checked his hair in the rearview mirror. His black hair was buzzed short, but he kept pushing it to the side like it was making a difference. Nate sat next to Thomas and stared at the floor. You all right? asked Thomas. Yeah, of course. A little n -n nervous about the p picture? Don't worry, all the f -f focus is going to be on the m -m mystery float anyway. Those two words had become like sour cranberry juice pouring into Nate's ears. He didn't know why, but he felt like someone had taken something from him. No, no, you're right. I have nothing to worry about. Nothing at all. Blue and red lights flashed ahead of them. Uh-oh, said Mrs. Spelling. It doesn't look good. All three boys strained to see the scene. A dozen cop cars surrounded the warehouse. Yellow caution tape encircled the perimeter. Five or six news vans all had their cameramen filming very concerned-looking reporters. Mrs. Spelling pulled the van as close as the police would let her. They spotted Mrs. Witten, Nate's English teacher from Wilson Middle School, standing nearby. Mrs. Witten? Called Mrs. Spelling. What's going on? Mrs. Witten shuffled over in her pencil skirt. You didn't hear. The mystery float was stolen. Voices for this episode were by the very talented Bobby Massio, Michael Rosenbaum, and Jessica White. Imaginate theme music by Jeffrey Larson. For updates, additional content, and to become an official Imaginator, follow us on Twitter at Imaginate Series. Join our mailing list at www.imaginateseries.com or follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Imaginate Series. Until next time, Imaginators. And remember, don't be afraid to have ridiculous dreams. Those are the dreams that change the world. <laughs>